Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome to the Kind of Funny X-Cast, our weekly show where we dive into all things Xbox. It's a different we today. Normally it is, of course, the master of hype snowbike, Mike, Paris, Lily, and Gary Witta, but we just reacted to the Xbox uh, developer underscore direct. So we want to give the entire crew's thoughts on this. Uh, of course, I am joined today by, I am Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the master of hype snowbike, Mike. The host Hi, X-Cast fans. Uh, you know, we're missing my two gaming dads this week, but I got all of you which is really special, and we are coming hot off kids. a really great Xbox Developer Direct that is setting the tone for 2024 with Xbox. Really great stuff. We got one half of PSI Love You XOXO, Blessing Anna Jr. How crazy would it be if Sparks started flying out still like Mike's neck, <laughs> and then like his fucking one of his eyes popped out and those wires went up? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? Uh, someone's going to be like, I think I dreamt Blessing say that three different times. That was the first time I said He's that. hiding something. It's going to be him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the one. Uh, we got, Sparks are flying we got the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, gamers. And right on the group today, the big daddy himself, the other half of PSI Love You, Greg Miller. How you doing, Tim? What Good up? to see you. Really, really good to see you. Um, of course, if you love what we do, please support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free. You could watch live as we record them, and you get a daily exclusive vlog from one Greg Miller. Um, thank you to our Patreon producer, uh, Delaney Twining. Of course, you help make everything happen here. Uh, today, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, but we'll tell you all about that later. Uh, the topic of the show is easy. It's simple. It's us giving our thoughts on the developer direct that we just got, the second one we've ever had. I have a feeling we will get many more in the future. Mike, I want to start with you. What did you think about that showcase? Uh, Tim, I thought it was fantastic. I am really pleased and proud of what we saw today from Team Xbox. I know that team has worked really hard on the original idea of the Xbox developer underscore direct. And this is the second one. And it sets the tone for the year. And most importantly, it takes us behind the scenes with these incredible development teams and get to see the people who make the games we love and get them the chance to talk about the games that they love creating. And the cool part about this is there's no voiceover. There is no Phil Spencer, no leadership team here. It is just us going to the front door of these awesome dev studios and letting them talk about their games. And oh boy, we had four, oh boy. but five <laughs> great games show up here and show off what 2024 is going to look like for Team Green over here. And we got treated to some great games, some wowing stuff. And of course, that first look at Indiana Jones, we're going to talk about a lot. That was special. So all in all, an incredible experience. I'm really pleased with what we saw. And this is the cadence that we want to see for Xbox and how they market slash communicate their games and the teams that are under the umbrella. 
Bless you and I were on Games Daily today, and we kind of got got our last second predictions in. We we discussed like what we want to see, what we expect to see, what we hope we don't see, all of that. Where do you fall now, having seen it? I got absolutely everything I wanted to see. Yeah, I think one of the things that we talked about was dates. You know, wanting to see like when these games are coming out, if not exact dates, when we want to see Windows. And my specific thing was I wanted to see all these games announced for 2024. Right, I think developer underscore direct coming in at January being a thing that has the ability to set the tone, and then looking at what at what Xbox has been building over the years, the idea of being able to maybe have a major game every quarter, it looks like they're hitting that, right? We got four big games plus an extra unexpected one with Square Enix coming through with Visions of Mana. And you look through and we got 2024 Windows slash a date for all of these. The fact that they have a, um, a specific date in May for Hellblade, May 21st, that's super exciting. Um, Indiana Jones looks, fan looks fantastic. It's it, This goes back to conversations we've had on shows before all, also about like, is it going to be third person? Is it going to be first person? I love that it's first person. I love that uh, this is Machine Games doing what Machine Games and Todd Howard, right, what they do well. And they're leaning into, hey, Wolfenstein was great because of the narrative, because of the story, because of the cutscenes, and because of the first-person action gameplay. Taking all of that and applying it to Indiana Jones, seeing that trailer, it all just fits. It all just works. Um, and yeah, I think they made a really good showing for all these games. I think the only one where I'm like, ooh, man, I... Maybe here and there I could have seen something better for it would have been a vow. Like a vow didn't necessarily sell me, sell me. Like I look at the trailer and it looks like it looks like an Obsidian game, and I like Obsidian games, and so I'm looking forward to a vow. But it wasn't necessarily like a oh, this is gonna be a you know shut down everything. This is gonna be the big hit for the year. I think obviously they still have more to, to say about it. They still have more to show us. But that was the one where I'm like, oh okay, this one didn't blow me away. But I still were you was expected good to be blown away though? A little bit, yeah. I think it being. Of that, like if if we're calling Outer Worlds uh, um, Obsidian's version slash take on Fallout, I think Avowed should be that for Elder Scrolls, and yeah. I think in a lot of a lot a lot of um, a lot of parts it is. But I don't know. I think graphically, it, again, it looks like an Obsidian game. I didn't look at See, it. This, this looks gorgeous or anything. Piggyback off of it, right? Nobody cares about anything. Mm -hmm. We love you, Andy. I love you. This is a dynamite thing available at kindoffunny.com. Uh the thing about it for me is I wonder if this is going to be similar to what we saw with Starfield, where remember the, the conversation and the buildup and then the conversation afterwards was, oh, Starfield was a Bethesda game. Like we keep expecting Bethesda to like really go, oh, they're going to take advantage of everything and they don't, right? And it's they, they make their kind of game and Obsidian makes their kind of game where I agree with you 1000% that I look mm -hmm. at this and I'm like, oh, okay, not the best environment. It's not the best thing. The conversations are still the character stands there and you pick the thing and do it. I'm in for that kind of game. Like, I like this kind of game. You know how much I like these open world RPGs that look like this, so I'm going to play it. But I think it is, I, I agree that it wasn't blow your hair back. Holy shit, I yeah. can't believe what I'm seeing. But maybe that's just what an yeah. obsidian. But this, in, I mean, to, uh, in a way that takes me back to Starfield, where I think, obviously Starfield had people that loved it, people that hated it, and everywhere in between. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the feedback from Starfield is that, oh man, this still feels old. This is like, a dated this still, game. This feels like a dated, but that's the game. Where 100%. I don't want avowed to feel like a dated obsidian game I got because news for you brother <laughs> well that's the thing is like you know i think both bethesda and obsidian in different ways have their skills and they have like the things they do really good yeah and starfield had a lot of the things that oh okay this is a bethesda thing like these are the bethesda systems y'all y'all are doubling down on this obsidian has that right obsidian has great writing obsidian has great rpg systems and like people come to those games for that experience but i do think we we're in a 2024 now where things have evolved and changed and we got Baldur's Gate 3 last year and we've gotten like multiple other big fantasy RPGs oh, yeah. that feel like they're moving things along. So I, I want to see You're Obsidian. preaching the choir. I agree with you. Yeah. I think I do think it might be the fact that Obsidian and Bethesda are getting left behind by their RPG competitors in these categories or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then again, it is, well, they're making a game for Obsidian fans. They're making a game for Bethesda fans. Andy Cortez, what do you think? 
I thought it was a great pre presentation. I really, I think once the expectations are set and you kind of expect to not have a, a, a typical type of showcase that we're used to, I think this developer direct is, might be like my preferred way of doing this because we don't go in expecting surprises except for that Square Enix thing. Now we might kind of expect that in the future. I, 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 I'm going to hope that in the future we just like, nope, here's the four games we're showing you. Here's the five games we're showing you. This is what you're going to see. You're, we're going to talk to the devs. You're going to get looks at gameplay. You're going to hear kind of what their methods are and why they're doing and designing things in certain ways. And it's, uh, it was very bite-sized and very quick. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I enjoyed everything that I saw. Uh, again, that Aura game, not really for me, but I still think that they did what all the other developers were doing as well uh, in this showcase was, here's why we're designing it. Here's some new ideas we're bringing to the table. This is why we think that this game is going to be special. And having it all in 2024, very cool. I love this. I want to see more of these in the future. And I think it also just, it prevents a lot of like disappointment. If, if you go in with this much transparency, yeah. saying these are the games, don't expect anything more, have fun with it, We're, we'll see you in the next whatever big Summer Game Fest thing that uh, happens later in the summer. Greg, loved it. I had a great time. I mean, you can talk about the games and obviously not everything's for everyone and yada, yada, yada. But like the overall presentation, the build of this, the setup, the fact that we're committing it to and being like we're at a dev station, right? So we're got the mouse and the clicks and the drags and somebody's taking over. Like They've got ZBrush up. That was all a really fun way to do it, I think. And yeah, I think the games here are looking great. Obviously, Indiana Jones, uh, I think, blew us all away Where in terms of like, that's the one we're all ready to talk about. Uh, they sold me on Visions of Mana, which I didn't know much about. But I didn't realize it was an action RPG that way. I'm in for that kind of ride. Again, Avowed looks like my kind of game. I don't think that's going to be a game for everyone, nor is it going to be something that can fight Baldur's Gate or be game of the year. But I'm down for an Obsidian RPG in that kind of combat. And Dual Wanded. Yeah, dual wanding. And I think it, a lot of it, I, I think my sort of feelings about Avowed kind of mirror my feelings for the presentation was like, I think going into Avowed, the expectations were set. And after hearing reports that Avowed was going to be this massive Skyrim level thing, and then they reduced the scope and said, no, let's make more of an outer worlds, like, you know, mm -hmm. sort of medieval experience. I think with those expectations set, and for me not to expect everything in the world, I'm super stoked for Avowed. I thought it, it looks a lot prettier than I thought. Granted, they make these trailers, you know, at the with the sun casting at the perfect moment, so the lighting's hitting great and the shadow casts look amazing. But this trailer looked way better than the last. Way one. better. Yeah, that's one of the notes I have here. Is like way much more impressive from the prior showing. Um, and I, yeah, that's a game that I want to play. I love those smaller experiences that aren't going to be 80, 90, 100 hour games. But I know the level and quality of writing that Obsidian brings. And I still think back to some of my favorite side quests that happened in the Outer Worlds and how blown away I was by a random thing that I kind of just happened to stumble upon. Here's this random dude in a bar and suddenly I'm hearing this story and kind of going through these emotions of what the hell is happening. Those are the stories that I expect from this. And yeah, the dual wanding looks great. Combat seems to be a lot more fun than Outer Worlds was. I didn't really necessarily love the Outer Worlds combat, so looks like they've addressed uh, a lot of issues, and they know that that was maybe one of their weaker points. Anything else, Greg? 
No, I'm ready. I mean, I, I, that was top level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to dive in game by game. Michelle, I loved it. I thought that that was like what a showcase should be and what like Xbox is capable of at this point. I really think that the work with what you got and this is the results of that, like being able to come out and answer all the questions we had. Every single thing had a, a release date, window, year, it all being this year. I think that's exciting, you know, to show the different projects. And there was so many things said in this showcase that I've never really heard Dev say before. Like, it's going to be a shorter narrative experience. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, Greg, I saw you um, drop this in the... Yeah, the obviously, daily. there's always breaking news after all this stuff. VGC reports, obviously, they were going off of all the posts that are going up on a wire right now. Xbox has confirmed the Senua's Saga. Hellblade 2 will be a digital-only release costing $49.99. The game will have a similar length to its predecessor. I love that. I, I think great. it's it's really awesome that we are we're finally in this era that we've talked about for so long of like why don't they just make games that are this instead of everything having to be this giant thing and everything Addy just said and um, all the success uh, they found uh, the first one being that where it was a very tailored small experience mm -hmm. let's go through and tell you a story and be done with it. But even looking at the Obsidian side of what Avowed looks like, Avowed looks like what it needs to be, you know, and I feel like that's that's great. It's not for me, but that's a game for tons of people out there you move on to to aura and i feel like that's the one where i'm like i know that it's definitely not going to be for everybody for but for the people it's for sure. thank god these games are being made and they look that good and are, uh, that much care is being put into them like bless earlier today me and you were talking about the top uh selling games of last year and how awesome it is that street fighter 6 was there mm -hmm. right fighting games I'd say that, you know, the, the four by four, whatever you think. The, the four X, four X, four by yes. four. <laughs> like, going to Internet, more, can I get a four by four? Uh, I saw a lot of jokes in the chat uh, going of like, this is an uncle game. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's an uncle <laughs> game. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's Chill like, out, I'm an uncle. But, but uncles fuck, play bro. games, though. That's the thing is like, yeah. games have evolved and changed. And, and just because not everything's the most mainstream uh, in terms of marketability, like, this is a hardcore game. Honestly, genre like halfway th through this, I started thinking a very nerdy thought of like, man, I wish life was like a roguelite where I can like go over and over again. Cause I would like to, I, I would like to experience the timeline where I, I was a big 4X person. Cause I look at all the menus, I look at all the options, I look at the mechs appear, appearing for a second. I'm like, man, I wish I could uh, experience that game because it looks really cool. And I know I could, but also I got so many other games coming out this year that I want to, I want to play. Yeah, and you know the the surprise of Square showing up with a game that looks awesome. All those games look different. I love the focus on worldwide dev studios. Just the focus on devs to begin with, with the conversations we've been having forever, but specifically the last year. This is so cool to see. Like, kudos to Xbox for putting this together and like really not just like oh it's devs talking. Like, make it yep. make it stylized, yeah. make it cinematic, make it feel like it matters so that we're entertained, even if the game's not necessarily for us. And I think that. This is a five for me. Like, I feel like this is how you do a showcase. And I haven't even talked about indie yet. They're giving me some, and Hellblade too. Like both of those, I'm like, these are games I can't wait to play. Um, and, but and it's structured in a way that like, feels like a, a commercial single song. Like mm -hmm. in terms of like, we're not going to let this one dev prattle on for 12 minutes about stuff where we kind of end up sitting here like, God, ah, they're still going on about those whatever systems. Like, it's it's all paced out really well. Here's a small chunk about the world. Here's a small chunk about uh, levels and design and combat and blah blah blah. Like it's, I thought it was all broken up and segmented really, really uh, masterfully. It's something I wish we'd see like more people do. In a Perna showcases, I think I have a similar sort of vibe where they go and visit the developers in different locations, give them cool backgrounds, allow them to talk about their games in a way that is very interesting, and in a way that gives each of the games slash each of the developers a unique identity. That way, when I see them come back around again, I'm gonna be like, oh. 
those are those guys that are mm -hmm. making this game that because they love Zelda or whatever the thing is, right? I love that. Yeah, they have this focus in on on the studios, talking to different people that are are in charge of these different things. A lot of them to talk about like, oh, I'm gonna I'm talking about specifically about the music of Hellblade, or oh, I'm talking about talking specifically about the motion capture in Indiana Jones, and they're able to make that stuff sound interesting because that stuff is interesting. So like packaging it in a way that is you know, digestible for the general audience watching this. I love that. I wish everybody did it this way. Yeah. And, and bless jumping off of that, like talking more about the format of this show. I'm so impressed with them being able to have such a wide breadth of genres of games and types of games, like all the way to like the biggest, or not one of the biggest IPs out there of Indiana Jones, but then also going down to a civilization type game and like things in between that Hellblade being like an all eyes on this. This is a big game for Xbox type thing. Like we got a lot of great content here backed by devs talking about different elements of games that I think that did a really good job of showing so many different things that go into video games and why all of those are important and special even down to the end where they have the the little wrap-up video that they did where we've seen montage videos a bazillion times to end showcases and it's kind of like all right, cool here's some fun music playing and it's kind of just like a whatever montage i like that this gave us even just like couple other one-liners that they didn't show earlier that like just giving us a little more looks into personality in, personality into the games but also a couple little like gameplay stuff like things about sure. the games themselves and it told a story of like this is xbox this is what xbox is doing look at look at what we do i think it was very 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 good yeah put the game makers up front let them be human let them have some fun i even keeping in the uh aura section right dan coming in to get a, a beverage like that was fun that was yeah good. Yeah, uh, back to what Andy was talking about with like even the surprise element of having Square Enix show up with with visions visions of mana. I like that they did that. Like I like that they, I like that it was a small surprise. Like last year, obviously the big surprise was Hi-Fi Rush dropping today, right? You can go play it today. Um, and that's the thing that that's an expectation you shouldn't set for every single showcase. But the fact that it is, hey, we have these four big games that we're showing off. These are going to be the four main things. But then having if, if every dev direct has like some kind of like. It's a surprise, but it's not the biggest surprise, right? It is, we're going to talk more about Visions of Mana and get into that. I think that's the appropriate level of, oh, I wasn't expecting that, but this game looks cool. I'm still into it. Like, I'm still engaged with the showcase. I think that's the right level to do it at. Like, that's the right amount. And I kind of love that they came through with it and had it be a Square Enix thing. And, and if, it also feels like appointment viewing at this point because yeah. um, we've seen a lot of different presentations, like whether it's at Summer Game Fest or in the past at E3, where the big gigantic showcase happens. And it's an hour, three hours long, whatever it is. And afterwards, we're going to talk more to the devs. And then you kind of like never watch that yep, stuff. that's where people dip. Yeah, you Yeah, and yeah. last year when this developer direct is happening, like, I don't really have my eye on it. I'm not super aware of... We didn't react to it. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the main crew didn't react. Yeah, and I think the that hi-fi rush, like, shadow drop happening, you know, going along with this, this, this feels like something to keep an eye on early year for xbox well not even necessarily early year kind of whenever they want to at this point I, i'm so with you this is how you do it we've had so much criticism of state of play and like the issues that it's had where it's a very similar thing potentially but i feel like they've taken a lot of left turns this is now twice they've done a great uh, one of these but they've done it twice and i think with different elements to play with and what i think is really interesting is yeah last year had hi-fi rush and that was an amazing surprise and it ended up being on many of our game of the year lists like we loved that but what i think is cool about this is 
clearly this is not a lesser showcase to them. They're not looking at yeah. this as like, uh, oh, the showcase is coming in June, but like, mm -hmm. we'll see whatever. We're get, we got the release date for Hellblade 2, one of the biggest questions on Xbox gamers' minds, right? We got the answer to that, but then we also got our first real look at Machine Games Indie. Like, that is a marquee headline announcement. Like, you're going to watch this showcase because we have this thing, and I think that that's pretty damn ballsy and cool for them to have that be the transparent will put it out there. This is why you should watch and then give us a bunch of other stuff to be interested in too. Of course. Yeah. Come for indie stay for stuff like visions of mana. That's going to be a surprise that you can then not only that serve your uh, third party relationships with right where square that game's coming to everything. Right. But Hey square, we're doing this thing. We're going to have eyeballs. We'd like to include you. Yep. We're going to get into each and every game and all of our thoughts on it right after a quick word from our sponsors. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Snowbike Mike's Bills are a nine and a half point favorite against the Steelers, and Andy's Dallas Cowboys are a seven point favorite against the Green Bay Packers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KINDAFUNNY. New customers can just bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code KINDAFUNNY. The crown? is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now now and use the code kind of funny your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So it starts off, we get the, the montage showing all the devs, showing all the games, getting excited. I thought they did a really good job of humanizing it all, getting, setting the, the tone for where we're at. Then the first game we get is Obsidian's Avowed, and I think the first pop-off moment was your dual-wielding wands. This looks pretty sick. Andy, what did you think of this? <laughs> I thought the combat looked great. It looked active. It looked kinetic. You're dodging away from certain um, en enemies' attacks, and they're throwing magic shit at you. Um, I... 
Yeah, I thought it looked great. I again, I think it looks so much more improved from the first showing that we saw last time. And that's always like the easy cheat in games is like if you can have something in direct sunlight with like good volumetric lighting and shadow casts, the game's always going to look probably better than it maybe should in some circumstances. Uh, I think last time we saw a lot of like maybe like night shots and inside of caves and that that's your game can always look kind of flat in moments like that. But I thought the water physics look great. I think these little uh, NPC monsters look great. Um, I'm excited for this. I'm super stoked to find a loadout that feels fun to play, to play on keyboard mouse, to maybe snipe with a freaking uh, wand or whatever. And suddenly there's like a little uh, musket pistol, or yeah. what's that little pistol called? Looks awesome. Looks fun as hell. Um, I'm really excited to see what they, uh, how the combat continues to improve and what sort of really awesome uh, NPC conversations are to be had. I wasn't super stoked with that one NPC they showed, um, but a lot of What's that- What's he gonna do, call me a dumb baby? <laughs> a, a lot of that comes with procedural anim animation and maybe not having the most lifelike looking motion captured faces. When you have a lot of conversations, you sometimes have to resort to this. Um, Let me jump in though, right? Cause that's one of my things is I'm with you. Presentation wise, obviously feels flat. We've seen it done so much better with Baldur's Gate and a million other games, right? What I liked about it though was his performance. We're even not making fun of the dumb baby line, but like you, the voice work I thought yeah. was good. So it's like one of those things I can forgive staring at this if the story's engaging and I'm making choices that matter and I'm getting good reactions and good performances out of people. What I liked about it is it's showing the actual game. Like there's a yeah. point in this where it's like it looked like they actually skipped dialogue, right? Yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. The that, that conversation. It seems. I like thought that. that was cool because I really think that that is them showing this is what the game is. You know what I mean? We're not trying to overhype you on this. And like, I'm not trying to undersell it either. It's like, this is what it is. And, and, and it, this is going to get a lot of people excited for it. And it's about like, cool. It is about the choices. Like, don't worry. We're not trying to promise you that this is going to be like the most facially animated advanced thing of all time. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 this is this type of game. And that's why it worked for me. Right. And I think why it's going to work for a lot of people. I think it sets expectations correctly. And then also I look at that and go, those are the games I like to play. Right for me, like you know, my one of my bullet points here of nerding out, right, is the switch loadouts via a button press in combat. That's fucking awesome. And the, the, their whole thing of like play how you play or how you want to play, which I know every game says, but seeing it there reminds me so much of one of my favorite games of all time, right? Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, Re Reckoning, and the you know re-release. But the idea there was, of course. Have any weapon you want, spec out however you want to. And it was a little bit like, oh, jump to a menu to change things around, blah, blah, blah. Like, if it's in the middle of a battle where it can be, I'm dual pistols, I'm dual wand, now I'm sword and shield. Like, that sounds great. And again, I look at the, this and I don't think it looks outstanding in terms of visuals or even combat or dialogue, but it looks good. It looks like something I want to play. It looks like something I'd want to get invested in. Man, I wish Kurt Schilling wasn't a piece of shit. He's right, I know. <laughs> Mike, what did you think of Avowed? Uh, yeah, Avowed was the one where I came in going, man, I need them to win me over because I did not like the previous showing that they had and the combat won me over. I really enjoy what Greg brought up and what Andy brought up of the different loadouts and being able to switch on the fly. That seems fun. The big question for me will be, is that story engaging? The big yeah. write-up was difficult decisions and profound consequences, right? We are coming hot off of a Boulder's Gate 3 world where I was allowed to do anything, and I really got you to make too much. some insane decisions, much, right? And when we talk about coming, of, of course, off of Skyrim and what Greg brought up of facial animations and having this dialogue with characters, if that story's not engaging, if these decisions that I make that we always talk about in these games really don't matter, 
then I'm going to drop off so quick on this because yeah. the combat can only carry me so far in this. There has to be something else to keep me engaged. And I worry, bless, that I think that's where it's going to fall. See, that, then that's what I wanted most out of this showing. I, to, to your guys' point, right? Like, I'm with you on everything in terms of I think the combat looks fun. The combat looks fun, uh, more fun than what I typically get out of the fantasy first-person yeah. action RPGs where it is hit thing with a sword, you know, maybe press... B to dodge back or whatever, right? But a lot of those games don't feel as dynamic in the first-person combat. This game did look a bit a bit dynamic. I love that you have, yeah, like a weird-ass pistol musket thing. I love the dual-wielding the wands. All that stuff looked really fun. But for me, it's going to come down to story. And I could, I think for me, I could, I, I, to Tim's point, right? This is what it is. Like, hey, we're showing you the game. This is what it looks like. And I think for a lot of people, it's going to be, oh, man, okay, it looks good, but it doesn't look the prettiest. Like, and I think, you know, that that's all going to be for whatever person. I... For a game that is going to be about the story, about the choices, about the dialogue, I wish they would have shown off like maybe a consequence, like maybe like oh you can mm. you can go down this route with this conversation and then that affects this character this way. I in you know going through that cutscene with the character uh, um, uh, that Greg was talking about who has like the good voice acting, like I after that cutscene I was like all right cool. You know, somebody called somebody a big baby. <laughs> and, like, I didn't really get much. Yo, you called me a baby? Yeah, I, like, I, I didn't get much about what's going on in the story there that really compelled me. I wanted to, um, in that I think something that could help out a lot is what you just mentioned is showing two to three different variations of things that can happen. Yeah. Uh, because I think of one of my favorite Twitter threads um, was after the Game Awards when Baldur's Gate wins and a lot of the internet freaks. Shut the fuck up, Greg. <laughs> All eyes on me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, the, the uh, uh, Baldur's Gate wins, and there's a lot of anger and like, how? Look at what Spider-Man 2 is doing. There was a lot of those threads. Of like, look at these cutscenes and stuff. And there was one person on Twitter, and uh, I'm sure people will shout out that person and like, you know, put their tweet thread in the comments. But Simon they said, <laughs> they said, for a lot of people that don't understand why Baldur's Gate won, let me show you the ah, different yeah, things yeah, that yeah. can happen if you go to this base camp and it resulted in about like 20 different threads of all these different possibilities but if you gave that dude a fucking little uh, pouch of money then that he would have had money and he wouldn't have popped up there and all these different variations show you that i think blessing nailed it right there that show me you know if you decided to fuck that dude over or if you decided to help him out what just show me two different outcomes and i'll go okay i'm ready for this type of experience yeah, yeah. i'm right there with you blessings right show me more and I, you know who else showed us pretty well was dying like two back in the day showed hey if you choose this side and you team up with them the world looks like this and this yeah. is where it goes yeah bless you got to show me the consequences to my actions and most importantly i bring up dying like two because afterwards those consequences meant nothing in the end of the day. Yep. They weren't it was a little, really that impactful. Maybe you had some jump pads. And that's the big deal of like, when we come hot off of Baldur's Gate 3 and what Andy just brought up with all those decisions, they feel impactful. I am doing big things here. And we expect that out of Obsidian. You bring up the writing and yeah, this team has great writing and they're going to tell a fun story. But man, oh man, I'm going to get bored by decision 10 if nothing happens here. Ball 2024. How are we feeling about that? Awesome. Yeah, I mean, if we start looking at the calendar and you start putting games each quarter, right, we are landing on those, especially when we bring up Hellblade here in a minute being in May, you start to throw darts at the board and go, okay, they're packing out the calendar and they'll have the third-party partnerships that they team up with for Game Pass and stuff. But when we talk Xbox first party, here's your calendar. You're about to get four 
in the year is what we wanted, and they're about to deliver that. I think a fall for Xbox that is Avowed and Indiana Jones, I think that's a banger. Okay. I think even if it was just Avowed, right? I think Avowed would be able to carry it. But Avowed and Indiana Jones is going to be a great one to hit. Say Avowed comes out in September and Indiana Jones is November. Um, I think that's great. I, Outer Worlds, I believe, came out in like October-ish uh, that year as well. And so I think around that time of the year, people are ready for a big rpg like that's where starfield hit as well last year i think Baldur's gate 3 was yeah around there too last year i feel like that feels like a great window for it now were you asking how do we feel about that as in are we confident it's actually gonna hit that no just anything okay. like is that a good time for it do we think it's gonna hit it yeah like i i i think it makes sense I think and the I, year is oh, a question mark for me also like there's still so many i feel like there are a lot of releases that don't have dates that could come out uh in the summer and say we're dropping in two months or three months or whatever. Like I, the rest of the year, feels like such a, it's it's the wild west. <laughs> who knows what the fuck yeah? We drop. who knows what this fall is going to look like, right? Like as you look out and you think about anything that's coming beyond what the spring. Yep. And you want to have those big marketing beats, those bigger games come the holiday season as well for Game Pass subscriptions, right? Like they're also pushing Game Pass big time, right? That is a big model for them. So you start off the year with Hellblade, you'll have some drop, you'll have some ebb and some flows. But if you start to pack it in. We don't even talk about Blizzard and APK yet. We will talk about that eventually. But that kind of holiday window is when you push Game Pass and you sell Game Pass. More games, the better is what you want on that during that period. I want to save this up for the end of the conversation after we get through all the games. But I do want to talk about what we think top level happens in June with Xbox. So start thinking about that. Uh, but Hellblade 2. Senua's Sacrifice. Saga. Saga. Sacrifice. It's the newest saga, Hellblade saga. 2. Hellblade 2. There you go. Flipping mm. the names. Yeah. Um, May 21st. It's happening, baby. I'm How so we feeling, excited. Mike? Uh, incredible, right? I mean, this is a game that we have talked about. We came hot off of the Game Awards, and we said, just give us the date. We've seen enough. But, of course, when we actually get to go to the Ninja house and see, of course, Ninja Theory and what they're doing, you're always wowed by that. I mean, we saw mocap. We got to talk about audio. We got to see the presentation. I mean, this is a game that's going to wow people. It is beautiful. It is stunning. Um, and having a date in May, man, that's right around the corner. That is awesome and epic for me. I know a lot of people here and in the internet will say, where's the combat? What is going on with the combat? We want to see more of that because that is something coming off of one I believe the that internet people want to elevate. Pony game, we want gears. Yes, <laughs> we want gears. But the big one that I took away from that was, you know, they talked about the combat there and how they want you to feel like you barely get out of these scraps, right? We're not comboing people like in Final Fantasy up in the air, right? So it was battling it out, trying to just make it. And so it was an interesting takeaway for me of like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't be expecting some insane combat. Like, it should be scrappy. It should be kind of down to earth more. Which is what the first one felt like too. Yeah. Right? The combat wasn't outrageous as you fought these things. It, it was more about survival. Yeah. I'd say that was my biggest disappointment. Um, I I think they showed moments of your character reacting to combat, but I was hoping for a little bit more uh, because as we talked about on the pre-show, that always felt like the weakest part of the game, and I think it is the weakest part of the game. While still super serviceable, I was hoping for um, like when they when they open up like, hey, we're gonna focus on combat now, and I thought like, oh shit, here like, we oh, go. Yeah. So Senua, I, like switch to different weapon or whatever the hell like how are we improving this experience and it seems to be even though they really like it seemed like they wanted to focus on it it still seems to be like kind of on the back burner for what this shorter experience is going to be 
the, do you think maybe like the their focus is less on like how it looks and more just like how it feels? See, one and of like it's that hard to present until you have it in your hand. They mentioned in the presentation that they've totally redone the combat, and I think the thing, the thing that makes me wonder about it is um, them talking about it being a shorter narrative game, and then yeah, having like the post that is it is fifty bucks. It is going to be a similar length to the previous one. I and also like the what felt like a hundred times them talking about in this showcase. We're focusing on the narrative. Like everything that we're doing here in the gameplay is to serve the narrative. I don't think they want to make a game that has like super deep combat. Like I don't think their their vision for Hellblade is for it to be like, oh yeah, an Aloy, or not Aloy, why do I call it Aloy? I'm gonna, um, Sinua switching weapons. I'm switching, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Getting, into the, getting into the systems and upgrading all that stuff. I think they just want a combat system that is going to help them tell their story. And that's kind of where they're at. And with that's I, 100%. I think if you have time and you jump over to the Xbox Wire to read the post they put up, right? Like they're very clearly on top of what they showed here, setting the stage for what this game is going to be. And that's trying to get everybody's expectations. If you don't mind me reading a little bit. Go ahead. This that this might sound like a lofty mission, but it's something we're proud uh, we are proud to have achieved before in Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, a game built in a space we called independent AAA, where we worked with creative spirit and freedom of independent development, but strove for types of high-end production values only often only associated with AAA games. We also took advantage of the freedom that digital-only distribution offered us to create a game uh, of the length that fit perfectly with our intended experience, but that could be sold at a lower price to reflect the shorter length of our story. This framework allowed us to focus on things we really care about, taking our fans on an unforgettable journey in Senua's unique world. In Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, our approach is the same. Although we are no longer an independent studio, our creative spirit has in fact been emboldened by us join joining Xbox Game Studios. And in this new chapter of Senua's life, we have been able to push our production values way beyond what we are, were able to achieve previously. So my message to players is that if you loved Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, or if you enjoy narrative-led experiences of cinematic immersion, we are building Senua's Saga uh, Hellblade 2 for you. Uh, it, it will be a game crafted from the heart, a game similar in length to the first Hellblade with a focused narrative and sold digitally only at the price of $49.99. Like, I think it's pretty clear that this is, you're signing up for a, put your headphones on, get the experience. Yeah. I think it's going to be Which, shorter than the first game. And I think it's going to be obviously way more beautiful, way more intense, yada, yada. But I don't think it's going to be the let's dodge, let's parry, let's switch to a yeah. shield. Let's switch to a and spear. honestly, like, that's kind of what I want. Like, obviously, I want good combat. And there's somebody in chat that I was like, well, if it's why does being a narrative game mean that it can't have good combat? Because it's thought process, right? It's, I don't think it's going to be that the combat's bad or that it's worse or that yeah. it's not like redone. I was expecting I, more to be shown when they're like, and here's our new combat. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, this kind of just looks like. I think weird. it's I think it's more so I, I think it's gonna be a moment to moment, like not on rails is the wrong word for it, but I think it's gonna be more so, hey, we have seven hours. The combat isn't about like in the in the first Hellblade, combat was stiff. That was mm -hmm. my main problem with it, is that like every combo was pretty much the same, all dodges looked the same. Like it was a stiff combat system that was attached to like a very cinematic moment to moment story that like had all this stuff going on with it. I think what from what I gather here. It is going to be like a moment-to-moment -moment narrative experience. When you get into the combat, it is going to be situational, and like the combat sequence is going to matter for that for that thing. But it's not going to be like square, square, triangle type type. Yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, switching out weapons and like managing gear and all that shit. I think it's going to be like surface level, but we're going to make that surface level feel like a cinematic experience. There was such a tiny little detail that I loved in the little bit that we saw when the Draugr is on uh, on her back, like trying to bite her neck, and she. Kind of flips it over, and she looks she at the dogger, and, and she grabs her neck. neck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like such a tiny little yeah. thing that I feel like Ninja Theory is going to have so many of those little, like, 
tiny animations that maybe may not happen a whole lot, but it makes it feel so much more lifelike. Yeah. Everything being said about this, I am so stoked about. Like, this sounds so exciting to me. I love that it's something different. I love that it is a smaller thing, but with the AAA budget, with the backing of like, yeah, we saw what they did with the first game. Yeah. What could they do given the time that they've clearly had now and the resources behind that and uh, just the, the, the big push and being able to like get this game out, it being on Game Pass, it's going to do great, right? So it's just on them to commit to their vision and i love when there is an actual vision and it's so clear that they have one and they have uh a team that is building towards that they're so stoked i love the guy being like this is cheesy but we're all her like we're all yeah. building yeah, this. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. that is so awesome like there's something so special here and to andy's point about the the animations like i think that the the combat encounters and all that like i am way more interested in the unique animations of different set pieces and, and what they're doing than the actual gameplay uh, mm-hmm. of it all because i i feel like we what they're selling us here is a much more um she's human you know what i mean like the, the much more there's a fear to every yeah. every uh encounter that they were saying there but it reminds me of um when the, the of course i got prince of persia on the mind right now but uh the sands of time trilogy i freaking loved it they how source code <laughs> in, in 2008 they put out like there was a, another reboot of uh prince of persia the cell shaded one and the big kind of pitch for that game was Every encounter is going to matter. It's more about one-on-one fights than it is about a bunch of enemies around you and you're just hacking and slashing. And, and for the most part, I think they kind of pulled that off and it made every single enemy encounter feel yeah. special, feel like a boss. I like that here where the combat kind of seems to be that way. We see that like fire breather or whatever. Yeah. It's like every single hit seems like it matters more, but less in a soulsy way of like, yo, every hit matters and every encounter, you have to get the pattern and learn how to fight them. It's more learn how to avoid them, which I think could be pretty cool. And that's what, I feel like that's the feeling they try to do with the first game where, I don't know if y'all remember this, when the first game first came out, there was a whole hubbub online between people reviewing the game and people covering the game because when you first start Hellblade, they tell you that there's this mechanic where it's the rot, where every single time uh, Sanua dies, there's a rot that like um, is essentially poisoning her, poisoning her from like her her hand up, and it's like devouring her. And so when you, when uh, in the game, if you die enough times, theoretically your save game will just eat itself, and you'll have to start over from the beginning. That turned out to not be true. Like people were dying, and they're like, "Oh, my game's not restarting," and they're like, "Oh yeah, it was a lie." But that was part of the idea of making mm. this game feel grounded and adding consequence and making this feel like, oh shit, I'm in the, I'm in the same consequential place that um, Sanua is. I think that's what they're going for. I don't know if they're going to do that again because they already did the trick uh, once, but I think there's probably more to the combat than what they're showing. And then also I think that's what they're going for with you know, how grounded and, grit and, uh, and gritty and like in your face the, the combat cinematic, cinematics have been in the trailers. The game takes up more storage on your hard yeah. drive. <laughs> you pick up yeah, your exactly. Xbox, you're like, oh, it's fucking Oh my crazy. God, I don't have enough space for Call you of Duty. You have to pay for Game Pass again. <laughs> One more thing I want to mention too is that I really like that it's, um, that they're going the $50 seven hour route. Like mm-hmm. that 100%. is a thing that like, I, I think a lot of us have wanted to see AAA developers try and do like experiment around with the length of your game, experiment around with like how much you charge for your game. Um, I am glad that they looked at the first Hellblade, went, that was appropriate. This is the kind of game this is, mm-hmm. and decided to go that route again because I would have hated the other route of them going, okay, we're bought by Xbox. We're going to make a AAA game. Let's take forever with it. And also, let's make it 25 hours long for no reason. And again, right? it's worth giving credit to Xbox, too, that they bought them Definitely. and didn't change them. Yeah. This is always the concern when somebody gets acquired, right? That you're going to get in there and muck with what they do. And instead, they said, okay, we bought you, make this game and take a while, too, right? We've heard about, we heard about this at the reveal of the Xbox Series X at Game Awards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
let's take your time with this game and gestate and get here. And it's not a 60 hour thing. It is exactly what you do. You just took your time and you made the game you want to make and we're going to charge $50 for it. And if people want to get in the hullabaloo about that, well, guess what? Game Pass isn't $50. You yeah. get it for one month and do it that way. And, you know, I, of course, they, they talked about this and it's what made the first game so special, but the, the audio tech and like the love and care being put into it, even seeing them do the binaural recording, uh, so damn cool. And like, I feel like with the consoles we have now um, and how they've implemented spatial sound into it, like with Atmos and everything, I feel like this is going to be absolutely incredible. And I love that they care. I love that there is a team out there that is putting this stuff forward because I do think that it levels gaming up. Like I think that this is the type of stuff that the wins that they have, developers are gonna play this game and be like, oh shit. It's going to inspire people, and yeah. I, I think that, and I think we've already seen that even from the first Hellblade. Like Hellblade, special man, this is awesome. Love to see it. Uh, next up, we got a little fun surprise here: Visions of Mana. First time the series is coming to Xbox. Um, I, off the top of my head, don't know. Was this already? Like, was, was there news here, or was this just like a fun thing to celebrate that it's? On Xbox. For I forget. If, do we yeah, know the summer time. date? Or no? I don't know. If they, if I don't know. I think we only knew 2024, not like a okay. window past that. So I think summer is like the slight update here. Yeah. Did we know it was coming to Xbox until today? That I'll have to look up. All right. I thought we did. I, I think so too. Yeah. But still interesting. I like how they, they did this. And yeah, I think this looks cool. I was saying it earlier, but like there's something about this that. Yeah, real quick. Sorry. Just to answer those questions. The mana page that hasn't been updated says a new adventure begins in 2024 and it confirms Xbox. So, okay. Yeah. I think summer is a new part cool um but showcasing that game on uh, xbox show is great we've talked about this a lot but uh, the amount of love that they've shown to japanese developers and how close they've worked with uh, atlas and like persona 3 coming to game pass like this is awesome stuff and to see their continued support of it it wasn't just a one-off thing i think is very very cool and it shows the value of game pass even more of look hey we have games for everybody here yeah, like I said, uh, this is one that I picked in the fantasy draft because I knew it was uh, lauded and people were stoked for it. But actually, see, again, this did the purpose, right? Hey, I came here to see Indiana Jones. I came here to see Avowed. Let's insert this game that I didn't see coming. I actually got to see it. And I was like, oh, I want to play this. Like, I do want an action RPG like this. Mm -hmm. Real beautiful, too. We talked about the art style and yeah. how much great that was. Mike? Yeah, I was just surprised that I was into this. Similar to Greg, right? I, I'm just not a big fan of this genre but then all of a sudden i saw the action i saw the movement and the gameplay moment to moment i was like man i'm into this and of course that cute dog the yorkshire terrier mixed with an armadillo and i'm like yeah okay i'm all about that right <laughs> uh and i i like this right we knew four coming in of course you talk about last year and the addition of hi-fi rush at the last moment to be the wow factor and the streets were talking hey is there a fifth game coming here right will we see more and i think it is fun to partner with someone in bring another thing into the fold, right? It is first party. This is what it's all about, us going to the developer's doors. But they work with a lot of third parties. There's a lot of teams that they partner up with for Xbox Game Pass. It is cool to be like, hey, let's bring one more into the fold and make an even better show. And yeah, a lot of people in the chat are saying this isn't coming to Game Pass. I didn't say that. And what I'm saying is like, we saw that with uh, Atlas, the games weren't originally coming to Game Pass. And then eventually they, they're now, like that felt like a no way is Persona coming right. to Xbox. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, not only is it, it's on Game Pass. And I yeah. feel like uh, seeing their collaborations with Japanese developers, I think we're going to see more of that trend in the future. And I just think it's cool that they're here, especially for a non-Final Fantasy time. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool that it's like, we're diversifying even within the portfolio of Square's RPGs. 
yeah. what do you think about as it? You guys were as you guys were talking about, I was like looking on Google to see make maybe oh maybe they announced that the rest of the Mana games are coming to Game Pass because I was for sure expecting that that was happening and I, there's nothing on it. But um, yeah, I think this is a win. I, I, the fact that yeah you have Square Enix come through as a third party partner and be able to come through to your de developer underscore direct and give them the same treatment that you're giving your own developers mm -hmm. and going in and like having them talk to the camera and do all that stuff. I think that's smart. I think it's cool. I think it's like a great extra thing on top of the uh, partner showcase. I forget if the, what the exact words for it were. The one they did last fall. The partner... Partner preview. Partner preview. Oh, yeah, you. I think that's what it was. Um, I think that's a great additional thing. Hey, what's one game that we want to highlight? What's one game that we uh, have confidence in or that we want to see more of our audience uh, exposed to and go, all right, cool. Let's do it. Let's give them the treatment and let's treat, treat this almost like an Xbox Game Studios thing, even though it's not. Um, yeah, and I think the game looks cool. I think the, the art style is, is fantastic. I can't, wait to, to, I can't wait to hear what people have to say about it. Like, it's not one that I, I'm like you know, on the edge of my seat when it gets, get the, when the code comes in the inbox, I'm immediately like jumping on it. But it's one that I'm excited to hear people tell me I need to play after yeah. they already play at Bear Corny. A hundred percent. And like <laughs> I said, like in the uh, um, draft that we did earlier this week, like I, I don't think you bring back uh, Mana after 15 years for no reason. I think this game's going to kick ass. And yeah, it's it's hidden all of those right vibes of Nino Kuti 2, uh, Dragon Quest 11, um, one piece which you know mike and i kind of played but we didn't want spoilers so we can only say too much on that but yeah i'm vibing with this real it's, hard it's also like the year i know I, I don't know if you would categorize visions as a jrpg i guess it looks more action rpg but it's the year of just rpgs man like between all the jrpgs that we're about to get and now visions of man is coming this real quick to jump in on that too it's been a long time nino kuni was turn-based right it wasn't an action rpg was it i think it was more turn-based yeah okay thanks uh, nino kuni 2 is uh action gotcha. oh. Um, moving on, we had Oxide Games, uh, some of the devs that had worked on Civ Five coming out for our uh, history untold. Um, Mike, we talked a little bit in the beginning of this book. Yeah, Keep yeah. going. Uh, it's one that I knew all of us because I kind of got our gaming taste down. Now I knew we wouldn't be over like, hey, this is us. We got to play this tomorrow. Sure. But they did exactly what I wanted them to do. Right, come out and talk about the system. Sell that to the hey, this is it if you're into big 4X strategy games. And there is an audience there that wants to see that continue to evolve and have a great place, a safe place where people love making those games are going to make it for the people they love, right? And unfortunately, that's not me, right? I look at those games and go, that's too many menus, that's too many systems that I have to master and learn, right? But it's on Game Pass, and there's an opportunity for me to click download and give it a try, right, with my friends. My worry, though, with this is, hey, I need a big tutorial, and I need this tutorial to hold my hand for a long <laughs> time, right? And I won't know that until I play it because, for me, I can only do so much in the RTS genre already and comprehend that and remember that. Now, adding it all on, it's a lot. But, man, it looks good. It looks fun. They're having the fun line of having mountain lions and cougars come in and invade your city and settlement, and they had too many of them. They had to downsize them because there was too many. Cougars. That's fun. That's dumb, and I like that. That's like the trebuchets with Age of Empires 4 that we saw in these directs. A lot of these games won't be for you. Last year, the big criticism was a lot of these games aren't for me. I'm not into Minecraft Legends, right? But this is a great spot to show that, sell that, and promote the people who make these games and give them a chance to talk. Because, yeah, I wasn't going to look at Aura History Untold ever again unless it was for this, where I sat down and said, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. Any other thoughts on this? No, same thing. Yeah, yeah, not for me. Great presentation. Move fast enough. They were entertaining to listen to and watch. We talked over them and fool around. Not my kind of game, but I appreciate the presentation. Of yeah, 
great showing of, of yeah. the game. So then moving on, Machine Games, Indiana Jones. Like, real talk, to me, they just nailed it. Like, that was everything I could have wished we'd see from an Indiana Jones game and more. Uh, I feel like there's so many comparisons to be made of, like, what we thought the game could have been. Is it going to be an Uncharted clone? Which I understand the irony there, but I'm so happy it's not because I feel like that would be setting themselves up for failure. This really seems to be like, a, let's make an Indiana Jones game. Let's What matters? What actually means what does that actually mean to be an indiana jones game in the same way we talk about star wars we talk about uh marvel stuff and you know speaking of marvel marvel games we give them so much credit for let's find the right studios to give the right projects machine games getting indiana jones to make a first person narrative indie game yeah this is it this is it yeah 100 percent. this was an awesome first impression awesome presentation of it right i like them talking through it explaining of course we jumped to first person we finally figured it out but then we were watching right and we're like wait are they going to third person for and then for them to come out and explain that yes like you know what i mean like we are machine games we make first person games but when we get to these interactive moments right we want it to be that you see third person you move for it uh, of course while we've been live or right as we went live we had asked in the down period of like it's Troy Baker, clearly. Why wouldn't you just announce it's Troy Baker? It's because Entertainment Weekly had the exclusive. It's Troy Baker. <laughs> That's mm. why. Very cool. Yeah, this game looks great. I love the visuals. I think this game uh, is going to be a stunner. The These first-person puzzle moments look really fun and um, interactive. I'm, I'm enjoying these cutscenes. I think the only issue I have is uh, a bit of that uncanny valiness with Harrison Ford. It's super hard to do that when you have an actor that's so well known. And we saw some of this with Princess Leia in Rogue One, uh, or even a lot of the Star Wars characters in, in Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign. Ford in Indiana Jones 5. True. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very true. God. So, like, when you have somebody that you know, it's a lot easier to do this with unknown actors or unknown faces that you're bringing into, like, Spider-Man games or whatever, because... You haven't seen that face on movies, uh, in movies or on television for hours upon hours. So I did get a bit of the kind of uncanny valiness there, which I, I wasn't necessarily expecting um, some kind of like odd mouth animations happening here and there. But um, hopefully some of that stuff gets, you know, sorted out. I think this game looks fantastic. Otherwise, visually just stunning. Uh, a lot of these, those little like slower stealth sequences look awesome as hell. Uh, I think this game's going to be a freaking blast. Tim, I'm here to take back every bad thing. Thank I you. Said about Thank you, <laughs> an Indiana Jones Thank video you. game. <laughs> I am fucking excited for this game. I like. I I feel like they're nailing every single aspect to it uh, of it to the point where even the first person puzzle sections. I'm like, oh, get me in there. Like this looks exciting. And I'm somebody who, when I'm playing the Uncharted games and I get to a puzzle, I'm like. Uh, here we go. Let me bust out the notebook. Let me do all this bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm very excited to play this Indiana Jones game and be Indiana, Indiana Jones. The fact that, like, it feels like they're highlighting all the specific things you need to highlight. I love what they're, what they're doing with the whip. The fact that the whip is both, is like a traversal thing. It could be a distraction to like distract an enemy. It could be used in combat. I'm like, okay, let's fucking go. Uh, there's a tweet from Jeff Grubb I want to highlight where he says, um, if you don't like first person, you're weak. And I agree. Oh. <laughs> I think the first person route for this game is such a good call, obviously because it's machine games and that is machine game specialty. And I think they've proven to be able to tell such good stories in, in uh, with a first person game via the Wolfenstein games that plus I, I, I do like a, a different angle for it, right? I do like the idea of us 
being Indiana Jones and it being a, you know, I, like it being a story that you have to like literally be behind this man's eyes. Um, I like also that they let off with the, um, the villain. I thought that was such a good call mm-hmm. just because Indiana Jones as a franchise, you look at it as like a, oh man, yeah, like the, the, the villains are going to have a presence to them. And the way they started off the trailer with the villain reminded me of a Far Cry and Far Cry is another thing that's known for his villains, right? Where you have like, um, Vaz. yeah, Vaz coming through and giving speeches and like eating up the scene. The villain in just in the trailer, I'm like, yo, I want to know more about this guy. Like mm-hmm. this guy seems really cool. Um, but yeah, I think this game looks dope. I can't wait for it. And yeah, I, I take back every bad thing I said. Uh, <laughs> r- real quick, I want to jump off uh, something Andy was saying, and I appreciate that. Bless, that's that's a character growth from you. Yeah. Thank uh, you. <laughs> but with, with Andy, you talking about the uh, Uncanny Valley? Totally agree. I don't think it's bad, but I do think right. it's like kind of close. Sure. But the visual like flourishes that I think really sell this are how indie that looked. Like the mannerisms, the animations of just how he moved. I'm like, yeah, that's Harrison Ford. Like that. They nailed that, and the the whip of uh, you whip one of the bad guys and hit him in the hand, and he, like goes like that. It's like I've never seen this animation in a game. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and I feel like that was filled with uh, those type of moments, which gets me really excited. And like all the the indieisms you'd expect of like the globe trotting adventure, but you see the the map and like them traveling, and just the way it was written and the one liners, like they're just nailing the indie vibe. And I think that that's that's like the hardest hurdle to to get over and to get away from the uncharted or tomb raider comparisons because at the end of the day this is a video game Mm -hmm. and you're going to compare it to the other similar video games and this already seems to have answered those questions for me to the uncharted tomb raider comparisons too like even though sorry i ate some of the cream pie Uh, (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) loves them cream pie i mean you know who doesn't actually audio listeners you're gonna have to check out the the video for this if i have a cream pie in front of me i'm gonna eat it gonna be blown away um but to those comparisons right like i one i love that they're setting themselves apart they're they're doing the machine games thing by making it first person even within that though like as i'm as we're watching the showcase there are parts of it where i am like oh that feels a little bit of uncharted and uh, there are other parts where i am like Oh, that feels a bit, a little bit Tomb Raider in ways that I think fit and work for it. Then talking about the optional puzzles and like being able to explore a bit and find puzzles that you're solving, that feels so much like modern Tomb Raider to me in a way that I'm like, oh yeah, and that works for Indiana Jones, right? Because that also is Indiana Jones that fits here. Uh, but then yeah, the cutscenes, the personality, the um, again the intro to the trailer where it is the back and forth between Indy and Emmerich the villain that feels uncharted but also feels indiana i'm i'm all about all the elements they're bringing into this thing one thing i'm really happy about is that we got a pop-off moment in this in the in the gameplay there the jumping from plane to <laughs> yeah plane. exactly it was exactly. like yeah. that's awesome and i'm like cool i feel like this is pretty much as good as this game could have showed uh, for the first time but yeah, mike those big set piece moments this being being a big one a machine gun machine games game for xbox todd howard on the track yeah too. this is wild yeah this is a big deal tim this is a big win as well and i'm happy that they stuck to their guns with the first person perspective we talked about that leading up to this and i think the addition of third person will be a big deal because yes i have to see indie i have to know it's indie right just looking at it if you didn't show indie at all in this third person scenes you would think this is wolfenstein because it looks exactly like wolfenstein it's and that's the pedigree of the team that's making this right but this is a big deal a surprisingly big reveal for an Xbox developer underscore direct. Something like this Mm -hmm. is a June showcase, which means we saw this here. All eyes are on this. The news cycles will be all about this. In June, we'll get an even bigger pop, and we will probably get a date in June because they're saying later 2024. Never know. That could get pushed like we talked about. But if this stays on track, you're going to have a great holiday season. And, yeah, I agree with you, Tim. They nailed it, right? The fun of Indy made me smile, right? The one-liners, him and Gina here are going to be cool together, running around the globe. That's what I wanted, a globe-trotting adventure that is Indiana Jones. 
And whenever that score picks up, come on. You know you're going to smile. You know you're going to have a really good time. And so for me, Indiana Jones did exactly what I wanted to. And yeah, the Tomb Raider and, of course, Uncharted comparisons are going to be there because they're globetrotting wild treasure adventures. And that's what it's all about. And that's what Xbox fans wanted. You see Uncharted on the other side and you said, man, I want that. Where's that been? Tomb Raider came and is now a little bit on ice, right? And we yeah. want more. Well, they're of making that. one apparently for Amazon. Yeah. And if you grew up like me, Tomb Raider was a big part of my life. I loved Tomb Raider. I loved the Indiana Jones movies. And so to get an Indiana Jones game that looks this good from a talented developer and Todd Howard teaming up with them, unbelievable win for Xbox. And it's a big deal. And hopefully it lands. And it's a fun time. But I hope so. Oh, this God. looks great. I, this would be a heartbreaker if this one didn't. This, I, this looks so good and so much fun and exactly like again like we're you know it, you talk about Uncharted, you talk about Tomb Raider. Those have been gone a while, right? We haven't had one of those in a while. I'm ready for that pulp action adventure, let alone from the IP that kind of inspired those things, right? To come mm -hmm. back and do it. Uh, one more thing from Entertainment Weekly here. Uh, the other key character is Gina Lombardi, voiced by Italian actress Alessandra. Mastronardi, uh, who appeared opposite Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal in the film Un The Unbearable Weight of Talent. Uh, oh! Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's and a butchered all that. Oh, that's rad. Marios uh, Gavrilis, who, who voiced Bruce Wayne in the German cast recording of Gotham Knights, portrays the villain. Master Wayne. Uh, and <laughs> obviously, I got to bring up the music of this. I love seeing them actually record with a real orchestra. Oh. That shit sells, man. And I saw the chat popping off uh, when we were watching it, so I haven't confirmed this, but it seems like it's the same composer uh, that did the Jedi games. Oh, uh, so that's, that's awesome because to me, that shows they understand how to like faithfully have the vibe of the themes that you need, but then also add in a little something extra because like Jedi, Jedi got yeah, video games. Yeah. You, you guys talked a little bit about like. Hey, man, I hope this thing hits, right? Like, I hope this thing doesn't come through and, like, disappoints or anything. I think, for me, I look at this, and it brings me back to um, conversations about, like, we had about Deathloop years ago, where um, Bear, I think Bear was the one that will talk about, you know, Dishonored felt like Arcane do what Arcane does, but Deathloop was kind of their pop album. Deathloop was the thing that, was that allowed them to break out. Obviously, like, the Wolfenstein games are big because they're Wolfenstein or whatever, but I think giving them an Indiana Jones game, this game looking as good as it does, I think this is going to be the thing to bring machine games to another level, where... We are talking about them as chills. like a, let's go yeah like i think this is the game that does it because wolfenstein 2 like tim you play wolfenstein 2. oh yeah and it's, yeah. it's awesome and it's fucking incredible so that's why I said, we know this is gonna be good yeah like that gotta be amazing like wolfenstein okay. 2 is a game that i'm like yo i mean I, a lot of people had it on their top 10s for that year right mm -hmm. it's like that kind of thing it's yep. an incredible yep. has an incredible story incredible presentation so much you take that and you're doing it with indiana jones it has to pop up like yeah, it has I mean, to be the big biggest one of the biggest game of the year in the pre-show like just talking to mike about the level of production quality that Machine Games brings with Wolfenstein 2 cutscenes that you could just put like a new layer of lighting and some polish here and it'll look like a game that is coming out this year. Like Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 2 looks that damn good. And to see that applied to this IP, it's going to be awesome as hell. I cannot wait to... Like, I'm excited for the gameplay. I'm also, like, extremely excited to get to that next cutscene. Yep. How are they going to wow me? What the, yeah. What's yeah. going to be this yeah. cool sort of cliffhanger moment or this person backstabbing me? It's going to be awesome. How do you make that whip stand out will be a big question, right? That's what's going to be the big kind of determining factor on pulling it away from just Wolfenstein and adding that indie flair. That whip has to be special. That whip has to make you go, man, this is fun to use all the time, right? Mm. Because if that becomes a secondary thing, that will suck. It's got to be, I love pressing LB to smack that whip on something. I yeah. need that to hit. I mean, they're, they're, they're LB. Really, LB, bro, <laughs> LB. Remember they're the pushing button, it really in the, the, in, in the video there, so I think they're feeling confident about it. My, my 
only question, uh, Mike, do we like the name uh, Great Circle? I, how I how are we it. feeling about that? You I, love I, it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Love. I love this name. <laughs> it fits with all okay. of the Indiana movies before, right? When you see Indiana Jones and whatever, whatever, well, this fits Crusade. right there. <laughs> the Last Crusade, the Great Circle. The Temple like of it. Doom. I'm all the about Great, great Circle. Circle. I like it. I like it. I think this fits right into the Indiana. Uh, Raiders Jones of the World. Lost Ark. Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. The, the Great, great Circle. Circle. <laughs> I think it's a good name. I, I, need, name. I need the, ellip- the, of the, el- the ellipsis of magic or something You're like that. Wild, bro. The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Terrible movie. Sick name. (laughs) Now, I will say really quick, this is my ask. I'm going to get ahead of it all. After we absolutely destroy and bring the hype for Indiana Jones, hey, Machine Games, let's make a mummy game. Okay. Well, let's Bring make a Wolfenstein three. Let's first. make a mummy right, yeah. game. Let's, let's no, Wolfenstein's dead. Wolfenstein we never look back. We never look back. Bring the mummy. <laughs> Bring the mummy, everybody. Uh, closing out the show here, I did want to talk a little bit about looking into the future. Like there probably will be a partner showcase or some other Xbox mm-hmm. thing here or there, an indie thing or whatever. But obviously, all eyes on the next big one, which will probably be around Summer Game Fest. Mike, what are you expecting? For the rest of the year, Tim? I mean, for that Summer Game Fest, do you oh, think that it is? Oh, my gosh. So, well, really this opens this, the door for right. us looking into the future. I mean, we know Fable is on the table. We're looking at Perfect Dark, State of the K3. But all Woo! eyes turn to one big group. And we've been waiting for it, Greg. You said it earlier in the show. Where's the Coalition and Gears of War? I mean, you now know the set pieces for the year. We now know what is in the near future. Hopefully Fable, of course, Perfect Dark, blah, blah, blah. What's that next big teaser? And that is Gears of War. This is time to bring out the Coalition and go, oh, wow, this is crazy. And if the rumors were ever true about a Gears, you know, compendium compilation, right? You bring that out this summer. You say, hey, here it is in the fall. All of the Gears games under one roof, just like Master Chief Collection. We're going to get you excited for next year when we go into Gears of War and tease that some more. Woo! That's what Xbox fans want right there. Do you think we get the Activision Blizzard? Oh, yeah, that's it. So now if you want to talk about the year and where we start going into conversations, right? The next page that we turn before June is, hey, let's have an ABK roundtable with the team, right? We talked about it in the pre-show. Bobby's out, filling the team are in. We've seen the new leadership. It is time to say, hey, Xbox gamers, the deal is done. It is time to bring you all of those big backwards compatibility titles onto Game Pass, all the previous CODs, Spyro, Bandicoot, whatever you want. Here they are, and here's the vision moving forward because there's still big questions, right? There's a lot of questions on this Game Pass slash deal that we want answered. What's up with World of Warcraft? How do I benefit from that? Paying you $15 a month already. I don't want to pay another $15 a month. Make this scream and sell for me. Then on top of that, what's up with Diablo? Am I getting Diablo in Game Pass anytime soon? Be- benefit the gamers and the subscribers. I bet on you t- time that out with the expansion. Just yes. tossing that in there. On top of that, we go to Call of Duty. What's the future of that? Where are we going? This is a big deal that must be talked about before June. Because guess what? In June, it's all eyes on me, and now we deliver, right? We saw that already. Past two years, guess what it's been? Xbox Summer Showcase plus Bethesda, right? Now it's Xbox Summer Showcase plus ABK. And now it's time to bring the guns out. So, yeah, I think in the next six months, you will see them have a roundtable. June will be a pop-off. Gamescom, they always pop off. Tokyo Game Show, they appear at. Game Awards, you'll probably have that partner presentation in the middle, This team is cooking and singing right now 
with the communication. And I think Tina and the team are putting on some great events. They're putting on a lot of live showcases, which we all are really seeing the fruit of this right here. And so I'm pleased with everything. I love that. Any final thoughts there? Should we close it out here, boys? Mike killed it. Mike killed it. You'll love, love to see it. Y'all should subscribe to the X-Cast. It's pretty good, everybody. If you love Xbox, if you want to love Xbox, check it out. You can get it on all the podcast feeds, youtube.com slash games and all of that good stuff. Um, thank you so much for spending your time hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. It's always so much fun to watch live showcases with all of you and then to talk it all out in front of you. So thank you for joining us. Until next time, have an excellent day.